When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hour three of the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. You know what I noticed about Taylor Swift's uh, latest music? What's that? She drops the yes bomb a lot. Did I mention that before? I don't think so. Yeah, it's just something I noticed. Last few albums. I'll tell you what I've noticed about you these last two days. I'm noticing a lot of things. Well, not only that, but you have, uh, your prude is showing. Because you're talking about that today. Yeah. Which feels like a Steve Pruderson kind of a thing. Yes. Yesterday you were talking about gratuitous nudity in 1923. Yes. Felt like a Steve Pruderson kind of thing. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm maybe not, I'm, I'm just, just getting older. And sensibilities just, are changing. Yeah. I'm yeah. just kind of like, why is that necessary? Yeah. I've always described myself as like um, my sensibilities, my taste for entertainment as network TV guy in that I think you can tell really cool compelling interesting stories but that could air on network television if you just took out a few of these things that you might find actually aren't pivotal to the storyline right. however yes, I do also like like I find myself liking comedians for example who who talk about things that most people don't talk about. And sometimes that's dirty. Oh, okay. Sure. Dirty birdie. Sure. Just the way it is. All right, I'm done. All right. Bye-bye. See you later, daughter. All right, no, no. Let's talk about Chance the Rapper. This is such a fun story. Yeah, speaking of comedians, very funny guy Martin Short found himself in a situation with Chance the Rapper. At 30,000 feet, so to speak. Well, actually, it was before they took off, but I love the story. It would have been so funny to watch this from a distance. Chance the Rapper went on Twitter on Sunday and shared this story about he was on a plane with his daughter, and a lot of parents out there can relate with this. You find out at the last minute, oh, crap, our our seats aren't next to each other. Sometimes, and I'm sure they were in first, I'm assuming, but if it's coach, one of you could be in aisle or excuse me row 19 the other person's in like 26 and they're you know it's then another little tense moment before chance the rapper could say anything as it dawned on him that he and his daughter had seats apart from each other a quote kind older gentleman offered to switch seats so that they could sit together it turned out that kind older gentleman was martin short we both said thank you as he stands up. I realize it's the Martin Short. So cool. And my daughter, 
Kenzie, excuse me, Kensley, freaked out because she's obsessed with the Santa Claus Three. What an awesome person! So cute. Shout out to Jack Frost. That's awesome. And and just think about it. She probably would have been a little scared. She's only seven years old. Yeah. And he recognized that. Aw. He went on to say, and I thought this was funny, Chance the Rapper joked, and he said, uh, we could have just kept the original seats. Quote, oh, thanks so much, but the little girl will be fine where she is, opens laptop. Anyways, this is the little (laughs) script I've been working on. It's called Four Amigos. (laughs) I actually just saw something by Erica the Lawyer, who uh, is a fun follow on social, and she's the one who's like, essentially, she says she reads the fine print so we don't have to. Yeah, she's great. give all these tips for what happens if your luggage is lost, et cetera. But one of them recently, within the last week or two, I think, that I saw, had to do with parents not being seated near your child. And if the child is 12 or below, I believe, don't quote me. That it is the airport's, excuse me, the plane's responsibility, the gate agent, to find you seats next to one another. Okay. That you don't have to do that sheepish thing of like, all right, we're going to try to, you know, talk somebody out of their seat. But they they do the moving around for you. I have a question. Absolutely, Donna. How does this happen? Like, don't most people book their flights two weeks in advance? Probably. How do you get separated from your kid? If they, if when you book tickets, there are some and uh, some tickets, usually at an entry level price, that don't allow you to book your seat when you book oh, the ticket. Oh, okay. And I mean, it must be nice, Donna, that you've never had to deal with this. Well, but, I know, and Chance the Rapper has. That's too bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's how that can happen. And then it's a dicey situation. And sometimes, if you're traveling with a whole brood of children, it's like, wait, where are you two? You guys are two rows up. You're all spread out, and it just makes you a little... And sometimes then you get to the airport, Donna, and it still says seat assignment at gate. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Just to be clear, though, so I can understand your position, you're anti-families being seated next to each other on airplanes if there's a child under the age of 12. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Okay. No, I think they should be together. I think it's it's lovely. (laughs) I just recently switched seats for a woman over the holidays so she could sit with her daughter. Yes. That's nice. Donna. I'm cool like that, man. Did you swap an aisle or a window for a middle in this process? No, nope, window for a window. Okay, so that's... No, no, no. You... Sorry. Aisle for an aisle. Oh, my yeah, gosh. That's, an that, eye for an eye. That All registers right. very low on the charity scale. Is <laughs> a parallel switch. Unless you went like 20 rows back... Sorry, Mother Teresa, but we're not going to count this one on your eternal record. <laughs> That's fine. Now, if you swap out an aisle for a middle, now we're really talking. I gave a woman a $20 bill once to switch seats so that my daughter could move from some seat over closer to us. Did I she forget. accept it? She did. Huh. I mean, I forced it on her. I was like, no, 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 really. I mean, everybody says at first, oh, no, it's okay. But I was like, no, this is this is kind of you to do this, so thanks. Mm. I love these stories where you're trying to make yourself look better than I am. Well, it's just you pretty much swap equally good seats and act like you are the queen of the north. And meanwhile, I'm paying people uh, my hard-earned money just to protect my children. I don't know if that money is real hard-earned. Donna! (laughs)
Well, you've made a career on this hard-earned money. I know, but I work hard. You're the woman who showed me your tattoo, four and out the door. Oh, that's funny. All right. Um, I have something. Okay. Um, Fran Drescher is the SAG after president. You saw her at oh, SAG Awards, that. perhaps. Yeah. And they'll they'll always get up at the SAG Awards and they'll talk about what it is that they have, uh, you know, just sort of an update, a state of the state, so to speak. You know, they speak on behalf of the actors and the importance of our work and all that kind of sure. stuff. Anyway, um, and Samboni, you have this audio already. Yep. Our buddy Jeremy Parsons from uh, People Magazine, and they also do some stuff with Entertainment Weekly. I didn't know that he was there, but Jeremy used to join us on the show way back in the day. And this is a clip of uh, he and I'm not seeing, they don't have any of their names. The only reason I know it's Jeremy is because... You know, I know Jeremy, right? Um, but he and his co-host, People Magazine co-host, they're talking with Fran Drescher about being the SAG after president, and uh, they bring up sort of the uh, you know the mundane aspect of it and listen to the name drop. Well, do you ever get like the random A-lister that's like, "Yay!" Okay, so about my healthcare, Fran, can, can you? I need to like, does that happen? It really does happen. I got a call from Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Uh, why aren't I covered on Jim's healthcare anymore? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> See, there you go. I am not kidding, bless her. It's clerical questions coming uh-huh. through. Like, look, I see paperwork here. I got something in the mail. Uh-huh. Isn't that great? Like, yes. Barbara Streisand is like, wait a minute. Who do I need to call? Fran Drescher to ask why I'm not on the insurance plan that I used to be on? That's interesting. I don't know that she should have said that. That's super personal. Am I wrong? No, she didn't say, Donna, she didn't say, I need to ask about this wart, this ill-placed wart. (laughs) Okay. She just was, come on. All right. That's fun. You know who she sounds like? Joy Behar. Interesting. I guess they have a little, that same kind of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Is that your friend Drescher laugh impression? Yeah. Nice. I've been working on it all week. Evident. <laughs> I want to tell this gosh, oh, Nikes. Oh, Schnikes. Um I'm going to tell you a cool Austin Butler story when we come back. Okay. Sort of change the way I think about Quentin Tarantino a little bit. Uh and then we'll get into a fun study about a bunch of the myths that we still believe. We'll get into those things when we come back. It's Donna and Steve on my talk. Stevie Boy for my buddies over at the Canopy Group. You know, the insurance industry is full of one agent representing one company. Sound kind of familiar? Chances are your current agent has just one company. But think of how limiting that really is. You need more than one agent representing more than one company. And that's why Paul Borker and Jeff McDonald created the Canopy Group. So that you're not at the mercy of that one agent. With that, are we doing the math here? One company. The Canopy Group gives you 40 specialists and 16 separate insurance companies. Some of the names you'll recognize like Travelers and Progressive. Some you won't, but here's what you get. An agency that will shop for the best possible coverage from all of these different companies. And as your needs change, the Canopy Group continues to find the best coverage from a company that specializes in just what you need. So are you stuck with one company and one agent? Are you paying too much? The truth is, the Canopy Group last year saved their new clients an average of $810 on their auto and home insurance. You can start saving serious cash today. TheCanopyGroup.com Good morning. Welcome back. You are listening to The Donna and Steve Show on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. 
Woo, Young Gravy is coming to the grandstand. Oh, brother. Young Gravy. You know what? What? His music's pretty good. Wednesday, August 30th. Tickets are $64. Thank you. I don't know. We sampled one portion. For those who don't know, why on earth would we just randomly bring it up? Well, he is going to be at the grandstand, so newsworthy. 2018, when this show was in its pilot season. Young uh, Gravy. We heard about Young Gravy and we're like, what is this name? And we talk about Gravy a lot. I like poutine. And <laughs> and then we, we, we played a song on the, uh, uh, on the radio and there was a really... Um, Terrible reference at some point about something very aggressive happening. And it was like, whoa, that's not my style. I thought it was going to be really, you know, like talking about gravy and other condiments, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Much more aggressive. Oh, man. Anyway, he's from Wisconsin. That's right. I think. Um, Rochester, I, actually. Uh, that's Rochester, right. Minnesota? Yeah. Went to <laughs> Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. Well, you're close, close to both worlds. Yeah. Somebody knows a thing or two about young gravy. Yeah. Do you know Young Gravy? Not at all. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a cool story about Austin Butler quick that okay, I, uh, I heard an interview over the weekend. He was talking about working with Quentin Tarantino. I believe it was on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And uh, he was so taken by making this movie with him. He said, you know, we went through and we did this take. And the take was great. You're, you're, I need to stop because Donna's given me the confused, uh, the retriever look when their head turns. You don't remember him in that movie? I do not. I believe that's the movie that he was in. I think he was like a cowboy situation. I haven't seen the movie. Okay. Austin Butler. Excuse me. Donna, make a whole noise. Okay, I'll make some noises. Um, uh, What was the name of that movie again? Hollywood, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Yeah. yep. He um, played Tex Watson, a notorious Manson family member. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. He looks so different. Yes. Yes. Creepy dude. Yes. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. So he's talking about how much he enjoyed working with Quentin Tarantino. And he said there was a day that we were shooting, and Leo's out there, Brad Pitt's out there, and they go through, and they do the take, and they get it. You know, somebody just absolutely destroys it. It's like, perfect, okay? Quentin Tarantino then says, all right, cut. All right, that's a good one. We got it. Hmm. But you know what? Let's do another take. And you know why? And then Austin Butler said, everyone at the same time, the crew and like Leo and Brad Pitt, they all yell out together, because we love making movies. Aww. And I just thought that's really interesting that he that that he just enjoys the process so much that he's not jaded by his success. He hasn't done too many movies, right? I mean, he's planning to retire after the next movie or two, something right. like that. Right. That's right. But that when he's there, he just relishes the opportunity. And then I went to look up that sort of stuff, I was trying to find the video, and I couldn't find it anywhere without uh, a bad word in the middle from the movie that uh, I couldn't really cut around. Anyway. I find another soundbite of Austin Butler talking about Tarantino where they're working late into the night and then Tarantino makes a call, orders a crepe truck to come to the set and then they stop down and it's the middle of the night and they're shooting and now they're eating crepes and he said and like Tarantino taps him on the shoulder and it says, isn't this great? 
Like, we're making movies and we're eating crepes in the middle of the night. Like, isn't this? So I just thought I didn't really imagine that with Quentin Tarantino, that he would have this boyish, childlike enthusiasm about the work that he does. Right. I love that. Isn't that fun? Yeah. I mean, we could scale back on some of the violence in some of his movies. I understand. And I think that that's a totally fair point. And Okay, that makes me happy. But yeah, there you go. Okay. Thank you. Um, let's rattle off some studies really quick. Studies have shown. Studies have shown that. Medic- studies have shown. That's all we that need. Kill it. Long t- we don't have time. These are dumb myths that people still believe. Let's rattle through a few. Okay. Um. How about lie detectors? That that's a literal thing. Lie detectors they actually record stress responses, which might signal when someone is lying or not depending on how a person's body reacts or if they're anxious. They're not admissible in court for a reason. Okay. Um, Another myth that people still believe, according to some internet study, that there's a dramatic reading of a person's will with everyone in the room, (laughs) like in the movies. Right. Clinton, you will get the acreage up north. Not like that. (laughs) Estate lawyers say that they... That may have happened like 150 years ago, but in reality, they just mail everybody a copy if they want it. Um, No one really believes this myth, right? That black belts have to register their fists as weapons. (laughs) Never heard that ever. That's funny. Um, Here's a myth that you eat eight is the number I heard that you eat eight spiders in your sleep every year. Hmm. Thankfully, Probably never happens. For a sleeping person to swallow even one live spider, it would have to involve many unlikely circumstances. Okay. okay. So stand down, arachnophobes. Uh, let's see here. If you drop a penny off of a skyscraper, it's eventually going to fall fast enough to kill somebody. Myth! In reality, it would hit terminal velocity about 30 miles per hour for its mass. And then if it hits someone, they say it would feel like being flicked in the forehead. Huh. This is a myth that humans only use 10% of their brain. Oh. I have some case studies that... (laughs) (laughs) Um, They say it's kind of like saying we only use 33% of a traffic light. Now that hurts my brain, thinking of that. Having your headlights off at night is a gang initiation. Did you ever hear this? I heard it in high school... And they were like, if you see someone that doesn't have their lights on, do not blink your lights to get them to turn them on, because then they're going to follow you and hurt you. What? That was a myth that was spread around. An old urban legend. Absolutely heard that, too. What what does one thing have to do with the other? Who knows? That's the whole point, is the myth was there's this innocuous, innocent thing of you being a good Samaritan. Oh, hey, buddy, turn your lights on. And then they follow you and pummel you. Never heard that. Well, happy to report it's a myth. Huh. Also a myth that shaving makes your hair grow back thicker. Nope. Also a myth that that MSG is any worse for you than salt. Eating carrots helps you see in the dark. Myth. Huh. Anything else? You're welcome. That's it? I'm going to stop there. I mean, I gave you like 10 or 11, Donna. All right. Sorry I blew up. I'm disappointed. All right. We're going to do a little um, uh, same name game. Yay! When we come right back. So it's basically two songs with the same name. Battle it out. That's right. We decide which is better. It's fun. You could play at home. Bye.
the injured. That is the slogan at Bradshaw and Bryant Law Firm. But it's also the reason they say they are attorneys, because people need an attorney who is going to fight for their rights. And at Bradshaw and Bryant, they they really do believe they can achieve justice for their clients. They can give you the best legal representation possible. If you have suffered from a personal injury, for example, as the result of an accident, Contact an attorney as soon as you can. You can get a hold of Mike Bryant over at Bradshaw and Bryant. Set up a free consultation. Um, I know that a lot of times people are concerned about um, hiring a lawyer and the cost, billable hours, all that. It doesn't work that way when it comes to personal injury. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything, first of all, to meet to discuss your case. And then the attorneys will only get paid if there is an actual settlement. For so many years, Mike Bryant has been recognized by his peers as a super lawyer. Get a hold of him today. You'll find him very easily online at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. I'm riding a hey, good morning. It's the final stretch of the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. You know, yesterday we had that story about Aubrey Plaza and mouthing some words on stage while she was among her cast, accepting the award at the SAGs for Ensemble. And she looked real annoyed. And so people were pointing it out. Oh, wow. I think she just said the F-bomb, too, in this clip I was looking at. So... Now, one of her uh, co-workers is coming to her defense. So the guy who was telling her to fix her strap on her dress mm-hmm. or to fix the front of her dress, his name is John Gre- uh, Grease or Grise. Um, and he played Greg in White Lotus. OK. And he was like, oh, no, she wasn't annoyed. Um, she was being blocked by about 15 people. So he told her to look to the front And then he said, oh, you might want to fix that first, referring to her, you know, under boob peeking out of her dress. And so this guy, her co-worker, after she seemingly mouthed the words J.C., if you know what Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, he goes, oh, she was just being funny. I think she was like looking at me like. Why would it be a problem if my boob pops out? Like, whatever. He goes, that's her humor. She's just got that dry, deadpan wit. That's her biting wit. I'm like, okay, I don't know about that. He was poo-pooing the theory that Aubrey Plaza was irked at not getting a chance to talk at the podium. Everyone knew that F. Murray Abraham was going to speak for everyone. So, I don't know. He's kind of defending her, but what he's saying doesn't really make sense. Right? Well, it would make more sense if it came from her. Right. And they, you know, they did go to an after party and there are pictures of her dancing with um, F. Murray Abraham goofing around. Um, Well, her eyes got big earlier in the acceptance speech, right? As he was going, getting louder and sort of going into like an emotional part and her eyes were like, whoa. And then shortly after that, she does the the JC. At least that's what I saw. Yeah, it did seem very much like... She was irritated by him, you know, saying union forever, whatever. I don't know if irritated or surprised. I think you could argue that surprised as well. You know, like, whoa. Sure. He's leaning in up there. Sheesh. Sheesh. 
Jeez Louise. But some people don't say Jeez Louise. Right. Yeah, I mean, if she said that and was like, I don't know, she just looked irritated. And remember, people said she walked off the stage by herself. Uh, yeah, she's going to have to do some explaining, maybe to uh, um, Colbert or somebody. You know, I bet she'll just have to sit around and tomorrow or the day after people will forget because something else. This is a news cycle story. Oh, for sure. It'll burn out. She won't have to do any damage control. You're probably right. All right. Anything else you'd like to share? I have something interesting. Babies are born on Leap Day, I should have you know. Today is February 28th. (gasps) Last time we get to say February. Tomorrow's March 1st. Next year is Leap Year. So when do people born on February 29th, Leap Day, celebrate? Today? Tomorrow? Oh, great question. Both? Somebody on Reddit asked Leap Day babies, or Leaplings, to weigh in. The general consensus seems to be there really isn't one. Some like to celebrate today to keep it in February. Some prefer tomorrow because a day early just kind of feels wrong. And a few diehard Leaplings only celebrate once every four years. A few people also said that their parents celebrated their birthday on the 28th and March 1st, which is nice. If you don't get a real birthday, two fake ones. Seemed like a fair trade-off. I think that would add up. But get this, even Facebook has had trouble with this. On the 28th, they used to tell your Facebook friends that your birthday was tomorrow. But then they didn't send out any alert on March 1st. So it would just dissolve into the social media ether. Hmm. From a legal standpoint... Tomorrow is the day that matters. When a leap day baby turns 21, they can't technically get into a bar until 12 a.m. on March 1st. Okay. And now it's time for us to find out what the soup of the day is. Come down for moose soup after. It's always a surprise. Oh, no, it's mac and cheese. It's always a surprise. Oh, no, it can't be. Hello. Hey, man. Hi. Hi. Hey, Wendy's is going to start selling their chili on store shelves. Threatened? No. I mean, I'm not really open to the public, so it's not like people are going to go out and get Wendy's. All right. I mean, dip some fries in it, though. Yeah, you dip fries in pretty much anything. Oh, gosh. And you pretty much dip anything into top the tater. And that's good. Anyway, what's your soup of the day in the cafeteria? Uh, white chicken chili, full circle. Yes! My favorite. Oh, sorry, Steve. You're not here. Oh, is he working from home oh, again? Yes. Quote. Twice a week, this guy's at home. Unbelievable. Somebody's got a good lawyer, I guess. <laughs> or a good agent. And well, somebody boy. doesn't. Anyway. Uh, I'll miss you. Great talking to you. Yep. All right, guys. All right. Bye. Peace Bye. out. Bye. Uh, <laughs> I felt right. Just never know what you're going to get with that guy. A couple of days ago, he was happy, which was jarring. Yeah. He was kind of happy there, too. Yeah. 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 But like, you know, no one's going to go out and get Wendy's. I'm tired. <laughs> Sounds a little like, uh, what's her name? Flossie Dickey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not, Not one, one bit. Oh, what a journey. All right. This has been real fun, guys. Yeah. But I'm going to take off now. You know, and I think we all should. We need to make a little room. 
We've got the adventures of Bradley and Dawn coming in next. Low J in after that. All right. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye. Bye. This is Rocco for Crescent Tide Cremation Services. You know I talk about Crescent Tide all the time. Because my mom's still around at around Bruce Springsteen's age. Uh, she has made plans with Lisa and Verlin over at Crescent Tide to uh, have a simple cremation when it is her time. And she did that for a few reasons. One, she's never wanted a big, uh, fancy, you know, stuffy funeral where everybody's parading around looking at her. She just said, you know what, I want a simple cremation and then I want you kids to go out and have a nice dinner, bring my brothers and sisters and your kids and just say nice things about me. So I said, okay, Mom, you should go talk to Lisa over at Crescent Tide because they keep things simple, transparent, and affordable over there. By simple, just uh, all they do is simple cremation. Transparent means if you want to make little additions, like you want to have a visitation, you want to have a fancy urn, you can do that, but they'll talk you through it. They're not going to try to trick you. Affordable, simple cremation start at just $800. Check them out today, crescenttide.com.